Hey friends, happy spring. Well, spring-like, as in Wisconsin here, it's still pretty chilly and windy. But we are approaching the end of the school year, and I don't know if you're anything like me, but if you are, you've already been experiencing way more end-of-the-year burnout than traditional years. So it was really slow leading up to our week before spring break. I'm on spring break now, thank goodness. Um, But it reminded me that I thought I would put together a podcast episode sharing with you some ideas of what you could do with your classes on days you just can't. Um, Whether it's It's been a long week, you're feeling tired, you're feeling burnt out, your voice needs a break, Uh, maybe the kids need a break from traditional class, Uh, but I just wanted to throw some ideas out there. These ideas may not be the most input heavy, but if you've been leading a input focused class for the whole year so far, then taking a day or two off here and there isn't going to hurt your kids. And in fact, it's going to be better for them because it's going to help you be the best teacher you can be instead of being mediocre and exhausted every single day. Maybe you can take a day or two, let them do something maybe a little more creative, a little more artsy, a little bit more review of language they're used to, and then you can have your energy back to give them that new input, that I plus one that they need to acquire more language. So I'm just going to list a whole bunch of ideas here for you. Um, Obviously, depending on your teaching situation, your comfort level, your resources, your funds, your um, tech ability, all these things might differ, but hopefully you can pull one or two ideas out of here that you can utilize. So number one, first and foremost, if you are a Spanish teacher and you are a Senior Woolies subscriber, you need to take advantage of the new graphic novels that have been released on the website included with your subscription. It has been amazing. Um, I have actually been able to sit in front of my class on my stool. Uh, we are almost 100% in person. I have you know a couple kids here and there in each grade level that are online, um, but we are in person five days a week. And... We read through the graphic novel together. I have a kid be the sound effects person. um, And then we can, you know, I picture talk some of the images in the graphic novel that are pulled up on my my interactive TV. And I ask them similar questions. And then they can do a couple of nuggets that gives them extra input. And them taking that 15, 20 minutes to complete those nuggets in class gives me a sanity break that I need. Um, So two of the graphic novels, well... La Casa de la Dentista, parts one and two. It's it's like two separate books, but it's one big book, if that makes sense. And Billy y Las Botas have been released, and they're planning to release Me Amo Victor and Me Amo Victor Parte Dos as well this spring in a few weeks at a time. So 100%, if you've been on the fence about Senior Wooly, it's another incredible resource. Obviously, your kids could just read it for fun, too, or for... Um, free choice reading time, but it's been a really nice way for me to be interactive with the students for half the class and have them work independently, reinforcing that input for the other class. The next thing I want to talk about is if you are having, if you're still doing a lot of input with your students um, and they're getting a little squirrely, have them take notes, use graphic organizers. Um, I know I made an episode a long time ago and it's one of my most popular episodes that talks about how graphic organizers saved my sanity, but I've really found that When school feels like school to students, it kind of can bring the energy level down. And I've also really found it help my um, my classes that need extra support 
um, in paying attention, it has helped them focus on the input and what they're listening. So maybe you're going to talk about two different people and describe them. Have them do a Venn di- fill out a Venn diagram of like similarities and differences you discuss, or um, have, you know, do a story mountain. To be honest, you could look up graphic organizers from language arts classes and look how they use them in language arts classes and find ways to adapt them to language classes. Doing write and discuss with your classes, writing with your classes, huge, because then you have a text that now the next day you can come back to and reuse for a lot of different resources. So another idea and that I've been doing lately is I've had my, um, for whatever reason, it has all fallen on my sixth grade class, but I've had them do more creative and art-focused projects. Now, again, not input heavy. So take that with um, the the preface of I know that this activity is not focused on input, but that's what I needed to do. Plus, it allows them to be creative in a different way in my class that they don't always get to express. Um, And I find a lot of value in art and creativity. So it doesn't bother me to take a day or two here and there to allow them to do that. But Um, I have my students often make individually created characters. Um, So basically they draw, um, like, I'll give you an example, like a donut. And then they they, um, give it like a face and color it in. And then they, on the back, they'll write it. It's like, even in English, they could do this. It's likes and dislikes. Um, And it's descriptions. Like, what's its personality like? Does it have a problem? What is its secret? Um, And then I will picture talk those images and tell the students about the different characters and that's a really great way to have like student driven input too because it's based on what they created you could have students write um giving students the proper scaffolding though if you're going to have them output in the target language is super important so giving them like sentence frames or an example that you have written um, for them to follow i also teach my students how to use wordreference.com as a spanish dictionary so that they don't feel the need to run to google translate Um, And sometimes I will tell them you can look up five words while you're writing. Otherwise, you need to use the language you know, or I'll have them ask me and I'll help them with up to five words um, if they're going to be writing about something. So I've had students write biographies about people from history. I've had them write biographies about famous people. I've had them write descriptions of those characters that I'm talking about. In the past, I've had them write stories. And I am pretty adamant about my in-person students. And now, again, this varies based on your comfort level with the the COVID situation in your school, in your area, and what your school allows. But I am very adamant about students writing rough drafts on paper and bringing those rough drafts to me, having them skip lines and bring them to me about every paragraph to check them over so that I can kind of fix things up as they work. And that way, you know, when they go to do their final copy of their story or their description, they can type it up. It's I've already looked it over. I can print it for them. And then they could illustrate those pages if they need to. Um, another thing I like to do is I like to have students illustrate storyboards. So you could do this with a story but it doesn't have to be a story. So you could split your page into four or six boxes, depending on what you have. You could make it a traditional storyboard where each of the boxes tells a part of the story and the students have to illustrate it. Or you could just put different descriptions 
of things. Let's say you're doing a unit and your unit is about describing people. You could put a, di a different description of each person in each box, and then the students have to draw that description to reflect it. Um, so I love using storyboards that way for a break for a lot of things. You could use uh, Dreaming Spanish videos or Elise Ayel for French. Um, I'm not sure if there's a German, German videos out there that are done in comprehensible Spanish, but I know Dreaming Spanish, Pablo Roman, shout out to you, you are amazing. Um, there are tons, hundreds of videos, super beginner, beginner, intermediate, advanced, um, anywhere from five minutes to 20 minutes long. You could have students Again, take notes on these videos. You could do a write and discuss about the video. You could have students um, fill out a graphic organizer based on the content of the video and then do a write and discuss afterwards. So there's a lot you could do with that. And then my last tip for you as I want to wrap this up is, I know this is going to sound silly, but give your students assessments. Now, you don't always necessarily have to be grading them for 100% accuracy because a lot of times I have people telling me like, well, if I give them an assessment, sure, that'll keep them quiet during class, but now I have, you know, two hours of papers to grade. No, 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 no. Um, so this past week, right before spring break, we just finished going over Guapo and La Confesión de Victor from Senior Woolley in my sixth grade classes. And we were describing the main character, Victor, in the past tense and the present, and talking about how he had changed. Well, so for a reading assessment, I decided one day I wanted to just type up a description of him in the past and the present. I did like four really short paragraphs, um, and then I had them type what it meant in English. Now, had I wanted to, I could take time in class to have them correct their own pages. So where I have them like... Um, basically correct the main idea of each sentence you know did you say that Victor used to be handsome that he used to have women by his side that he used to um, do all these things and then you know take a look at them and I'm not ever ever expecting my students to be perfect on their translations and their understanding but what I tell them is I want you to understand the main ideas and some details so you know I flip through their papers and check it out and any of them that maybe there seems to be more markings or things that weren't corrected as accurately or as as obviously as I liked. I'd look those over. Or what I do is I have them, I have Google Classroom force a copy of the assessment to all students in Google Docs, and then I just page through them and look for main ideas. I get really good at being able to scan each page so that, you know, I have about 45 students in each grade level. And it probably takes me 15 minutes to grade the assessments from all 45 sixth graders. So it's not bad. Listening assessments, same thing. You could use uh, Dreaming Spanish, Elisa Yell, um, a different kind of video that you find that's comprehensible. Or you could make your own um, and, and have students say just type out what you're saying in English um, on the document. And again, you can spot check it. You could grade it with the class, whatever you need to do. But I find it, you know, that is giving students rich input, to be quite honest, especially if you're setting up their assessments in a way that you're helping them be successful, meaning you're assessing them on things that you know they will mostly understand. Um, and then using that time in class to, to correct. Or... Um, like I said, if you get really good at kind of skimming and looking for the main ideas or looking at the main points where you know they might have trouble, you can probably correct those assessments in a pretty short amount of time. 
also some good favorites. Um, you could always go back to good old Quizlet, um, Gimkit, or you know quizzes, Kahoot. Some of those games or activities. If you're if you're up for that kind of energy in your classes, you could do sentence halves. So um, you know the beginning of the sentence, the end of the sentence is like the question and the answer for kind of like flashcards. Um, you could pull words out from if you have to teach a textbook content. You could pull word lists out from the textbook that you know the kids are going to need in their next level if their next level teacher is a more textbook focused teacher. Um, you could pull words or phrases or sentences out from your stories or your descriptions or your write and discusses from over the years um, that you want to reinforce. Again, as long as you know that the the goal of the activity is not necessarily and people might come at me for this, but every once in a while, I think it's okay if you have a day or an activity or a game or something where the goal is not input, but just be aware of what you're choosing to assess students on and if that really shows their performance or proficiency of the target language in your classroom. So I hope this gives you some ideas of things you can do on days where you just quite don't have enough energy to do your normal thing. Um, take care of yourself. Do what you need to do. We're getting close to the end of this year, um, and I hope you're doing well.